Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. You ever get to that place in your life? Maybe your wife or your husband hasn't called you, but like just life, you know? I get feeling like that sometimes. Maybe you understand this. You tell yourself at that point, you're like, I need a what? Vacation. Wait, wait, are you, we good, bro? You need a vacation. You ever get to that point where you're like, I need a vacation. Anybody ever said that to yourself before? I need a vacation. Anybody today just like, I need a vacation right now. Come on, we all, everybody's like, I'd had one last week, but I still need one this week, right? You go to vacation though, what's the one thing that you like, you go to? I feel like I got to go to that thing the whole time. And right about the end, I'm able to be like, oh, right? And then tomorrow you're going back in the thick of it, right? And then you're like on your way. I was like, I just got to feeling like I was finally at rest. And now only to get back in it, I need another vacation. I would submit to you that we were all meant to be on a constant soul vacation. We were all meant to be on a soul vacation. That's what I want to talk to you today about. And if you don't feel like your soul is on an island somewhere, I pray that today this truth that we receive would allow you enter soul vacation. I believe in what we're going to talk about today is how Paul talked about on the outside of my being, I feel like I am wasting away. Like everything is against me. And yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. I pray that us as a church, Midtown community, I pray that we would remain in a time of soul vacation. Here's how you can remain on a soul vacation. 2 Peter 1 helps us understand something. And I just want to read actually verse number four. But it says, because of God's glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Now, I don't know about you, but I know according to what the word says that God in heaven is not worried about a single thing. Did you know that that is his divine nature? Not worried. You say, man, I worry a lot. I want to talk to you why there is still hope for all of us in this room. Because if I'm honest, I worry a lot. But God is leading us, growing us 
into receiving more of the divine nature. But how do you receive divine nature? It is through, listen to this, it is through receiving promises. Promises are like doors or they're like keys that open up doors. If you will receive promise, doors will open and divine nature is imparted to you. You can receive something more from him. Listen to this. I've said this many weeks, but what you believe matters more than anything. And I would submit to you, what you believe has a control or a power in your life. Check it out. Many years ago, everyone believed that the world was flat. Did you know that? Did you know some of you in this room believe it again? You seen all that, that flat earth theory kind of coming back out? Don't lie. How many of y'all believe it's still flat? Anybody? Thank you. There's a couple of y'all. Yeah. Figure Joe were in here. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but, but listen, like many years ago, people believed that the world was flat. And do you know what happened because people believed the world was flat? They wouldn't explore very far. Because they believed that if they did, they would fall off the face of the earth. What they believed had a power in their life and moved them in a certain direction based upon what they believed. I would tell you that the same principle applies for us today. And what Peter wants us to understand is if we believe on God's promises, the divine nature of God will be opened up to you, but is dependent upon believing God's promises. And I believe our soul rest comes from believing in promises. Some of us believe a lot of things. There's a lot of information out. Can we discover one of those promises today that I believe can unlock something for some of us in this room? Right where you are, before we go any further, would you ask God to speak to you? Ask him right now. Just say, Jesus, I need you to speak to me today. Help me to believe your promises. Father, I just pray that you would open up your word and just shine a light on it. God, use uh, this vessel that I am and speak way beyond what my words could possibly do. Lord, I pray that you would usher us into a soul rest that then is experienced by the world, not at rest, but searching for rest. I pray that we would be marked by your rest in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to turn with me. Would you turn your Bibles to Psalm 23 today? Turn with me to Psalm 23. And some of y'all, when you hear that, you're like, oh, I know that. How many of y'all learned Psalm 23 when you were a kid? You've been in church a long time. You're like, I remember that one. Yeah, there's a few of us. But you know what I'm even more thankful for? There's not a lot of us. I'm really thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for a church that understands this. This is not a place for perfect people. This is not a place for perfect people. This is a, for a place where people who want to grow and connect with the King of Kings. So thanks for being that group of people. Psalm 23, you got it? Just read that real quick. Read it real quick.
And here's where I want to focus in on. I want to focus in on the first verse. That's it. We're going to jump around. But the first verse, it just says this. And I I read from the New Living Translation because I'm not that smart and it helps me understand it. So New Living Translation today. It just says, the Lord is my shepherd. Some of y'all's translations next says, I shall not want. Literally means I have all that I need. Do you believe because the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything you need? Can you imagine believing that? Listen, what's the thing that came into your mind when I said that statement? I have everything I need. What else did you need? Would you ask the Lord to reveal to you the truth about what that thing is that came into your mind when I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need? There's a key right there. Pick it up. It'll open up a new door for you. Each of us might struggle with that. Every single one of us, if we're honest, we have a human nature. So there's gonna be things that we would rather want. We can go back into the garden, the very first part of the book of the story. And one of the lies that the enemy said is, you don't have all you need. You need something else. And they believed it. You know what ended up happening? Curses entered the world because of that move. But they believed that they needed something other than the presence of God and other than what God invited them to have. The psalmist David is saying, you have everything you need in the fact that God, Yahweh, the King of Kings, is the shepherd of our souls. There's three things that I want us to know here today before we leave. From this promise, here's what we're going to receive. And I pray that the Lord illuminates something that maybe you didn't even see. But the first thing I want us to know is the Lord is my shepherd. Do you skip over the word is? Here's the reality. Whether you know it or not, God is shepherding your soul to himself. I believe if you're in this room, he has led you here today. He's brought you in here to hear good news. If you say, I wonder where God is in my life. I promise you he's in your life if you're in this room. I promise you. Because in a day like this, this is the last place where some of us need to be or deserve to be, would be, could be. Yet the King of Kings has shepherded your soul in here to receive promise and he wants to open up brand new doors for you. You're here today by the grace of God. So whether we know it or not, like it or not, the Bible teaches that God is my Shepherd, he is. I will never forget my brother, Josh. If you've never met Josh, one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. He was funny when he was a kid. He was just, he's always been funny. I'm when he was five, you ever go to church and you go to those nativity scenes? You remember the nativity? You've probably seen them on like America's Funniest Home videos, you know, like everything happens up there, all these kids. They dressed my brother up in this a goofy little sheep costume at age like five or six. I can't even remember. But he was like a little fuzzball up there. And they placed him next to Joseph and they have this baby there. And I will never forget, I'm watching because I'm like a little kid. I'm, I'm watching this take place. And Joseph decides to like try to win an Oscar, you know? And he decides to try to touch the baby. Little Joseph, which is like a six-year-old, pulls back the covers and tries to touch. And right at about the time that he touches the baby, 
in comes this rogue sheep by slapping the hand of Joseph and Joseph looks at him like, what have you done? And you could see the anger on this little sheep's face and he's like, what are you doing? Don't touch the baby. <laughs> they give eyes to each other and the music continues. I'll never forget, it's like silent night in the background. You know what I mean? Silent night. And here comes Joseph to win an Oscar again, putting his hand on the baby, <gasps> slaps his hand. And they're starting to fight up there. We find out later because my mom is like, what in the world were you doing? Like, why were you fighting on the stage? He was like, the director said, don't touch the baby. He was touching the baby. The sheep forgot who he was. He wanted to be Joseph, but he was a sheep. Here's what this passage is saying to us. God is the shepherd. It don't matter how bad you want to be the shepherd, you're not the shepherd. Some of us want to be the shepherd. We want to make the call. And I promise you, some of us are tired as you know what inside because we can't control it all. And if we would just receive the identity of being a sheep and sit back and relax and understand that the shepherd of the universe is our dad and he loves us so much and he's moving us along to green pastures, deep waters. Would you rest in this truth today that you don't have to be the shepherd? And if you're trying to, I invite you to stop. Quit picking up the shepherd's staff in your mouth because you don't got hands, little sheep. Put it down. Come on. It will be rest for your soul when you allow the proper identities to take place. And because this is true, I have all that I need. I don't have to control it because my dad's in control and he's leading me somewhere. Second thing that I want us to see is not only is he the shepherd, he is my shepherd. Some of us, as you read that, you might be looking at me and you say, he's your shepherd. And, and you probably deserve it. But like me, Jay, you don't even know my life. You don't even know my life. Like uh, yours, yes, but me, I don't know. The promise is that he is your shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have found that the one thing that often inhibits us from actually believing that he is my shepherd is because this, when you go through hard times in your life, you will say, God is his shepherd, but he ain't mine because no good God would have led me here. You know what I mean? This wouldn't be happening to me. Anybody just go through a hard time, you're like, God, you sure you, you, you my shepherd? Here's what a, a very important distinction for us to understand. If you feel like your life has gone into a valley I stop myself in the valley and I think about a couple things. Is there a decision in my life that I made to bring me here? 
And if not, the Lord said he would be with me and I can rest in the fact that he is with me. But you must understand, some of us blame God for our own decisions. Some of us blame God for other people's decisions. And we live in a broken and fallen world, but that is not his design. But he promises in the midst of whatever you're walking through, he will be right there with you. But don't blame God for stuff that he doesn't do. Understand who the real enemy is. But some of us believe that the enemy is God, which is why you get frustrated. And this is not the reality. God does not want you to be walking that valley alone. In fact, the scripture says, that his love and his mercy, the word in, new, in the New Living says, is pursuing you every day of your life. So if you have decided something that has brought you into the valley, here's what you can know about God. God's love and his mercy is pursuing you in the valley where you are today. Receive it. He hasn't left you. He's looking for you. And if you've made a decision that has led you into the valley, Call out to Jesus and he will be there right now. And his mercy and his love will flood you, which has probably already happened somewhat in this room today. He's drawing you to himself. We have such a good God. I got into something, uh, might sound a little bit hokey to some of you guys, but uh, there's, I believe that the truth really does set you free. And I actually started walking with people through a prayer journey. I just help them connect with the Spirit of God. Listen to His voice because He is speaking to you. If you feel like God is not speaking to you, you got to retune your ears to actually understand how He's speaking, but He is. But I'm walking with a young guy and uh, he was having trouble with this concept. He had surrendered to Jesus. He'd been baptized, but he was like, I don't feel like God cares a lick about me because you don't know what's been going on in my life. But here's the reality. He had made a ton of decisions to walk the far opposite way of God, God's invitation on his life. And I said, do you know God still loves you? He said, man, I, I don't believe that. And I said, here's what I'm going to ask that you do. Right where we sit, would you just call out to Jesus, what do you think of me? What do you think of me? Do that right now. Jesus, what do you think of me? And he was sitting in my office and he said, and I said, listen, the first thing that comes to your mind, don't think about it. It's whatever comes to your mind. Right then he's going to tell you a truth. And I'm walking him through this prayer journey and he looks up at me and he says, I felt like the first thing that came into my mind was, he said that, God, you are my son. You're my son. And he, he got like this glimmer of hope in his eye and he was excited for a moment. And I watched this happen. I'm sitting across the table from this guy and I watch his face brighten up. But then all of a sudden, here's what happened. Another dialogue happened in his mind. You know what else he heard? He heard something else. And he did this. He looked at me and then he looked down and he closed his eyes and he shook his head. And then he looked up at me and he said, yeah, but what's a son even mean? What's that even mean? Just like that. And I'm sitting across the table from him. If I can let you guys in on my world, I'm like, oh, well, what do I do, God? What do I do? He was like, tell him to ask me. I'm like, well, that's weird. Acted calm, but on the inside, I was just like, kind of like, ew. It was different. I said, why don't you ask him? Honey, he was like, well, okay. He said, Jesus, what does it mean to be your son? Instantly, he looked at me, he said, he said it means everything. 
Listen, this is a guy with no Bible knowledge. The Spirit of God spoke to him in the most simple, yet the most profound answer I could have never given that man was it means everything. What does it mean to be a son or daughter of God? Everything. Listen to me, it means everything. Because if that's the truth, you have all you need. Listen to that, come on. He didn't even know he was quoting Psalm 23. He had no idea. But the Spirit of God spoke to this man, and I'm gonna tell you what, this guy's a, he was addicted to porn. He was hiring prostitutes. He's on drugs. Listen to me, the Spirit of God is no respecter of men. Jesus opened the door for all men. I don't care what you're gonna say. And if you think you are something, I'm telling you, Jesus was everything. Humble yourself that God would meet you right where you are. Jesus is the only reason that that door is open to you. And we are all laid bare before God. The third thing and the last thing that I'm gonna invite us to remember today, not only is he mine, he is my shepherd. Jesus in John 10, 11 said, I am the good shepherd. It's me. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. I don't know another shepherd like that. Here's what most shepherds are. Most shepherds are about themselves. Listen, I'm walking you around here so that I can get your wool and so that I can eventually kill you and eat you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus is saying, I'm not like these other shepherds. I'm the good shepherd. This shepherd is unlike any other you've ever heard of. I'm here for the sheep. That's crazy. I don't ask them to lay down their life. I lay down my life and invite them to follow me. But I lay my life down for them. Do you know that God has laid down his life for you? He's the good shepherd. And he's loved you so much that he died for you. The power of Psalm 23 is actually found in the bookends of Psalm 22 and 24. Listen to what Psalm 22 says. Psalm 22 says, My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among them and they throw dice for my clothes. Does that sound familiar? You see, the prophet David was speaking to a time of our great shepherd who would lay down his life for the sheep. And the only way that he is our good shepherd is if he does what he does in Psalm 22, which is lay down his life for you and me. He had to do that, guys, which made him the door. And if you desire to connect with God today, you can, but it's through a name. Call on the name. His name is Jesus. Maybe you have called on the name of Jesus, but you've forgotten the reality that you are connected. You say, God, I want to connect. If you've called on the name of Jesus, been baptized into his name, you are connected. Now you've got to figure out what that means. Receive that truth and step into it. You say, well, man, I just can't, I just can't get a grip on this or that. Receive the truth that you are connected and then begin to use your life in a different way than you've been using it. Some of you are asking for a lightning bolt to change your life, but the gospel changes your life. He is our shepherd. 
And he's unlike any other shepherd. His goodness and his unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life, which is why you're here. All the days of your life. But where is he leading us? Where's he leading us? Do you want to know why he's so good? Where's he leading you today? Where's he taking us? Let me tell you where he's taking us. At the end of the Psalm 23, it says, here's where the shepherd's taking you. And I, the sheep, will live in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know another shepherd who's like, hey, yo, come out of that pasture and come into my house. Come into my house. Come into my house. Do you know where he's taking us, friends? We're on a journey to his house. This place is not our home. Why are you trying to build a shelter? Let him lead you beside still waters. Let him restore your soul in a, in a green pasture, which is his word. Feast upon him. And understand, we're not stopping here long. Why are you trying to stay? Keep moving. Because we're headed somewhere else. His house. His house. If you receive that truth today, you will have everything you need for 2021. And it will unlock so many chains that the world tries to hold you down with to keep you slave to this place. Buy this, do this, have this, and you'll be this. And I'll say, it's all BS. <laughs> receive the truth and the truth will set you free. If we receive this truth today, I believe divine nature is imparted and I believe this world around us will begin to be extremely changed. How has the Lord spoken to you today? He is your shepherd. He is your shepherd. And he is leading your life as the shepherd. Would you call to him right now? Just right where you are. Just connect with your shepherd. Just realize this. What would it look like if you actually believed this? What would it look like in your life if you received these promises over your life today? You would have everything you need.